0: Welcome back to an all-new episode of Super Mario Brothers podcast, where it's lost into the void, unholy void. Science and act, Black Denny. Black. Yeah. I am Super Mario Brother Matt,
1: and I'm Super Mario Brother Dan. And
0: as you can tell, we are getting super excited about the announcement of the third Dragon Lord
1: album. Hey, Denny, that was great news. We haven't really released a time or day. It could be like the new tour album, which is very annoying. But it might be not like the new tour album. It might be coming soon than we think.
0: Well, you know. We will not know, they've teased it, we talked about it last week, but we're more here to talk about what's going to happen this week, and before we start the news, we should talk about a gig that's coming up here in Adelaide, Tony.
1: Yep, on this side, they got the um, Churches of Steel. We are the city of churches, don't include Rome in that argument, but we are the <laughs> city of churches, and here on Saturday night at the Producers Bar, they're having a full day of um, power thrash heavy metal it's gonna be great. Rumour has it. Our super metal brother told me just before this podcast that there might be, even
0: be two stages involved, Danny. That's kind of exciting. Yeah,
1: two stages. So it's kind of like a mini sound wave. So that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, indoors. Yeah, well, but at
0: least it is a sound wave to a degree. <laughs> hey, there's some sort
1: of sound coming towards me as a wave.
0: So <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, we're here to talk about in this episode. Uh, Band t-shirts, we're going to review the latest Firewind album for people out there who are into their power metal. And Sean knows I am not, but uh, maybe you are. It's your metal brother, Danny's for sure. But first, let's talk the news. (music) Latest offering from Opeth. There's a proggy, nightmarish film clip to go with their song, Era. Uh, This kind of came out of me from nowhere, mostly because I've never actually listened to Opeth since the Ghost Reveries album before they pretty much got rid of the metal and tried to embrace their goblin, orange, Black Sabbath ripoffs, Danny.
1: Yeah, they've, they've definitely gone a different path to what people were have expected from them. They, a lot of people were saying, bring back the screams. I think that's a play on some political that's, things. That's a hashtag, isn't it? It's gone viral. And
0: yeah. uh, it's one I can get behind. Uh, and I might actually do something unlike actual hashtags, which
1: pretty much don't uh-huh. do anything.
0: Um, have you seen the film clip,
1: Danny? I've partly watched parts of it. Um, yeah, it was actually weird because aren't involved in it at all it's kind of a it looks like really a student type project there's not much I don't see how much imagination maybe near the end it gets a bit more exciting but what I saw was
0: no yeah. I watched the whole thing and uh, it's kind of like this abstract meaningless but somehow I managed to get uh, the cameo from four statues of the band which um, is a thing I guess it's um it's different I couldn't what was more of a nightmare was probably the actual track itself I couldn't recognize it I was listening to it and I'm like wow that's the I guess that's Macau. But when you call something like that Opeth, it's like, wow, just see how the brand has progressed and gotten into a sound that's almost iconic, being separated from anything else, uh, to hearing something that's pretty much been, I guess, you know, I wouldn't say it's done, but it's uh, definitely far more familiar than their original works, which I guess, take it or leave it, it's something they wanted to do. But um, disappointing?
1: Oh, look, yeah, same with you. I've kind of switched off Opeth for the last couple of albums. I mean, I bought the Heritage album because being a massive. 80s and early um, hard rock progressive fan I thought would be pretty good and unfortunately it was a bit too mellow so yeah we've we've talked about this before about bands changing their their tunes and what they sound like and it's a good thing it's a bad thing I guess we'll talk more about it when we review the Suicide Silence uh, CD in a couple of weeks time we
0: will move on to Suicide Silence then but let's talk about the next story with Tool alright so everyone wants to know what's going on with Tool so do we we're not really but you know we're here for you guys we're going to get you through this very hard time that has been the longest almost cycle of waiting for something. I don't know if Duke Nukem Forever, which ironically almost took forever to get out, was longer than this, Danny. This has been yeah. an album where patience is a virtue. And if patience was really a virtue, then you must be getting like a gold rainbow with stickers or something after this.
1: Oh, this is amazing. If, if this guy was like a fastball for cricket and he had a big chant run up, your hands would be like red and, <laughs> and bloody <and> sore. <laughs> you'd be smashing bones together. Just keep clapping, just keep clapping <laughs> and waiting for them to come. <laughs> But, I mean, for, for one, it's great for tour because they just have free publicity and people just keep building up for them. They don't have to do anything. Every now and then, a person has a drip feed, something like, oh, I, I, I drove past the studio today. I didn't go in. I just drove past it. So, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer.
0: I know. And, and we're we, here's us talking about it because I think it's so hilarious that, like, people are going to love this album when it comes out. But it should be like you've waited so long for it. It's like anything less than it being awesome would be like, wow, you guys, you guys are total jackasses, man. You yeah, know?
1: but the tool fans would never tell you if it's less than what they expected. So, that's right. Because mm. if
0: they don't like it, then they have to go introspective and go, like, well, if I don't like it, it's my fault. But <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you f- pretentious assholes. Just say it's bad. <laughs> say waiting for things this long is not good. Like, yeah, and if it's please. not a good album,
1: it's not a good album. Don't need to like sugarcoat things, man. So yeah, we might probably review that this year. Sugarcoating. Good. Good. We're gonna talk about Tom O'Reilly with Slayer. Now
0: he's come out at his Snowflake Slayer fans. Now he we'll talk about this last week how we're talking about bands shitting on their fans lately, Danny. Um this is getting a little bit too uh continuous for me to to, to that I would like, you know, I would think that bands would generally keep away from, you know, having a dig at the people who pay their kids, you know, piano lessons, but uh, here we are, you know, another week, another band's giving shit to their fans, Then he?
1: Yeah, this one here was about, uh, apparently someone put a picture up of Donald Trump being on the front cover of Slayer album, I believe it was, and unfortunately he woke up the next day and that photo was removed and he got all defensive about it, thinking like, he just thought it was a funny photo, yeah. he didn't want to take pol- politics to the side, unfortunately some people did, but... Uh, it's a mystery of who removed it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that he thinks he will have politics into it. But when you take such a big political figure, as in the president right now, I'm not too sure what he expected was going to happen. And you know his Slayer fans. Look what happened to Floor Janssen last year, you know. She's about three seconds away of having a Slayer thing, you know, deliberately carved into her arm, you know. She was mm. pretty close, you know. She got the wrath of the fans and uh, here we are, you know. Well, I guess he's the uh, disciple of the band. So I guess he's exempt from any, you know, name carving into arms.
1: Oh, I think so, man. Yeah, that, that might affect his play, ability to play as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. You think you think they'd be okay with that? So we're going to move on to Wage War Guitarist. Uh, he is internet famous with one very funny line. He decided to take a political stunt of his own. And uh, he went in front of a Chipotle store and uh, said, uh, why is guac extra on, an, on a sign? The Funny story is there was that woman's march, right? And he found like one of the signs, you know, just thrown on the ground. And decided to, uh, you know, make a march of his own. And he asked a simple, uh, the simple question, why is guac extra? And you know what? I actually can attest to this. I went to my, my favorite Mexican restaurant in uh, the Modbury area. And yeah, two bucks or three bucks will get you a dab of uh, green uh, semen. So what do you think, Danny? (laughs)
1: Green semen? Well,
0: you know, it's got the consistency of it, you know. It's like, you know, slimy and, uh, you know, you're paying way more for it than you should. So you regret it afterwards, pretty much like masturbating, really. So I call it green semen.
1: All right, you can call it that. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Look, It's good that people are passionate about what they believe in. And they, they march and protest. Uh, to be fair, he was the only one marching and protesting his sign. So I guess it wasn't that grave of a cause. Well, no, it is a grave
0: of cause. Unlike the woman's march, it actually worked.
1: <laughs> <Why>? <laughs>
0: because he got five free burritos.
1: Ah, oh, <laughs> but he got five free burritos. <laughs> so he get, did.
0: He got five free burritos from protesting. That's amazing. But when these
1: five free burritos run out, he still has to pay more for and so I mean, mm-hmm. they can't even stop them from
0: paying for like abortions and stuff. But here's this guy getting five free burritos, man. That's what you gotta angle at. Angle at your favorite food store, and then you're gonna get paid dividends, man. So that's that's a lesson for us to learn, yeah?
1: Yeah, okay. Maybe maybe oh we could do it with like toys and saying um why batteries extra. So then maybe like all these like people will give me free like toys and remote controls and stuff. That'd be pretty cool.
0: Actually, you know what? That's true. We're gonna go in front. Oh, I actually feel like a transformer. So yeah. I'm gonna go in front of our Toys and Rice, like, why is Optimus Prime too expensive? Bang. Mm-hmm. Collection set, Danny. There you are, listeners. Just, just do it. You got to name and shame corporations because they're going to give you free stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. As long as it's nothing too like hard or too tough tri- yeah. for them, you know. Can
0: okay, Nothing that makes you look like an absolute arsehole, nah. but enough credibility to be like, oh, yeah, hey, how are we paying that much for something that is so insignificant? I mean, you get it for free anyway, it comes off like a tree for crying out loud. So,
1: yeah. Why are we paying for it, right? Why are we paying for it? That's why people, it's like we should start off thinking about people who charge you for tomato sauce when you get like chips and stuff at fish and chip shops. That's like two cents.
0: What, a, what about this uh, Watch Metal Allegiance tribute, dance to the Fallen Heroes? It's a 2017 concert that was on the 20th of uh, January. It featured uh, artists of certain metal capabilities. A guy from Testament was there doing a really cool thing. And they're also doing things for like David Bowie, Freddie Mercury, you know, and uh, Lemmy and stuff like that. Did you happen to catch any of it?
1: I didn't catch none of it, Matthew. No.
0: I catch about two seconds of it. So let's talk about the next story then. <laughs> Anthrax Joey Belladonna offers tips on what not to do when meeting a rock star. We might actually do this as a full fledged thing want to hear our fans think of it but basically the video is a guy you know going out to belly donna it's like these guys who run a radio show that belly donna there and they're like do two scenarios the first one is like hey the guy goes up to him, handshakes him, asks for a picture, rah, rah,
1: rah. Yeah, love it's, your work. Smile yeah. for the camera, walks away.
0: The second one is pretty much been being molested in broad daylight and at least three cops will need to get this guy you know, peeled off. I don't know if you need cops or if you need the guys who do their front yards with uh, the street sweeping to get them peeled off of them. So, you know, complete jerks, you know. Pretty yeah. much how Super middle Matt acts around Jeff Loomis.
1: Yeah, exactly right, man. Make, like, make sure if you meet someone you like, blink. Because if you just like stare at them and don't blink, <laughs> that's probably the worst thing you could do. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, yeah. What's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with him?
0: And maybe you want to count to your head, not out loud because that makes it even worse. Three, two, one. Close his eyes. Yeah, exactly. And, and
1: don't do like weird things with your hands like try like, to brush like them and stuff like or be all like pre mantis type thing. Make sure you, you know, put you, your you hands in your pockets if so you know what to do with it. Yeah, them.
0: like, you get a hug or a handshake and that's pretty much it. You know, if you're a groupie, sure, but yeah, there's a certain way you have to go to the concert first and there's, there's certain things you need to be, make yeah, sure you get a sexual preferences. buy yeah, a ticket, same sexual preferences as the uh, lead singer or guitarist, probably not bass player cause you know, they're pretty ugly, but uh, definitely the guitarist. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you guys want to talk about next week and uh, throw us a line about uh, what not to do when meeting a rock star, Frankly, as long as you're cool, um, they're going to hopefully do something for it. Uh, unless you're Lamb of God, and then you know, they'll just take you 200 bucks and uh, pat you on the ass and uh, wish you a well home. Actually, they won't even wish you a nice, safe ride no, home. They won't, even pat, they they the won't even pat you on the ass. They won't even pat you on the ass. not even you are not even long enough to get patted on the ass, apparently, with a Lamb of God concert.
1: Nah. No.
0: Oh. Anyway, we're talking about Neobscurus. Neobscurialis. Neobscurialis. New Neob. Neob neob they parted ways with bass player now they're an australian band Australia, mate. they managed to why are they important well i'll tell you why they're important they're one of the first australian metal bands to actually live off of patreon literally they get paid up to a hundred thousand dollars a year just by their fans who just deposit in their accounts you know 20 30 50 bucks however much they're ready to part with and these guys live off of it hmm. so it's like a membership program you yeah. know it's like being subscribed to a band um Although I haven't talked about that before, how do you feel about this bass player? It was basically irreconcilable differences. That's basically like, yeah, we don't want the bass player in the band anymore, right?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So um, apparently he's not the original bass player, but I think he's been there for a while. So it's always a shame when you lose a member, especially these guys. They're quite established now. They're staying at a tour around the world, headlining acts. They're actually playing some decent acts around the world. So they're going from strength to strength at the moment. So look, I don't think they'll be short of finding another bass player. Um, if not, well, then no one even hears the bass, so I think that'd be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame for him, for the bass player, because I think they have really established himself. Obviously, there was a... What kind of fight do you think splits up a band? Is it like hair conditioner for Metalheads, or is it something more tangible like money or cigarettes? What do you think was the reason... That's uh, separated in the Obscure. It's not a rumor, yeah. you know. That's what we need. We need a bit of drama. They're not wanting to, you know, air their dirty laundry. Yep. And we like dirty laundry, you know. Yep. We, we we thrive on it here in the super Metal brothers, you know. Without it, it'd be super boring, brothers.
1: Well, that's our excuse not to like, do any washing. So no, nah, no, nah, we like to be in our own filth. That's look, great. At, look,
0: look at this! Look at look the yard. They're even worse than us. I right?
1: what's the point in washing things to get dirty again? So oh. look, I think the, the, the start start trouble. I reckon it's an ego thing, Matt. Because the bass player want to start playing a six string bass. And then Tara's like, I can't play a four-string guitar. So, no, you can't play a six-string bass. (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and that's right. And what is this about sleeping with my missus as well? (laughs) No, no, no. Bass strings. All bass. Okay, (laughs) so there you go. So, the story is, guys, guitars, don't play with any more than you have to. Moving on to our next story with Ozzy Osbourne, Danny. Now, we talked about him a lot last year because he just makes such incredible headlines. You know, for guys like us, who spent about three to five seconds a week researching uh, this is his stuff's gold because it gives us all the ammunition we need to talk to about 30 to 40 minutes. Um, this time, backtracks on his sex addiction. Now, obviously, he's uh, notorious for, you know, doing the dirty laundry with his oh, pants off. well played. You know, but, uh, you know, he's come out and said that uh, he doesn't have a an addiction. He used a lot more colourful language than I did. Um, but he does see that some of it was a problem, I guess. Um, you know, hairdressers and whatnot, you know what I mean? Um, Danny... Do, do you agree? Do you think he has a problem? I mean, what, what's his deal?
1: I mean, first step of not having a problem is not saying you have a problem. So I think he's just trying to say, no, I haven't got a problem, even though he's probably banging a chick while he's saying I don't have a problem. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm doing this. Right. He's, 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 he's just that attached from what he's doing. <laughs>
0: oh, look, Sharon. Oh, look. It's a chick. Oh, my God. What am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> well, he had an
1: affair with this girl for four years, and then there's all these other groups. And he even said himself, because when he's home alone, he's bored. He's like, what else can you do, you know? It's, well,. You yeah. Okay. you don't
0: necessarily if you're in a relationship you don't need another woman to like you know service yourself if your wife's not there you know there's a thing called i don't know jacking off like guys been doing it for centuries you know you have the internet it's not like internet's hard to get It's so like you have to go to ethiopia and crawl across you know snakes and ladders games before you can get to, you know some decent wi-fi connection too so what's going on danny you know we just got to get this guy onto porn like that's the way to save his marriage if it hasn't been ruined already
1: yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, but maybe he just can't be bothered anymore. It's it's, it's easier for someone just to come in and do the work. And he just has to sit down. You know, he's he's older now. That that takes effort to like learn how to use a computer, learn how to connect to internet, lose your internet password, call up your internet company, spend twenty minutes on the phone just to get your new internet password. Uh, oh, it's, here's the time for that.
0: No, nah, that's right. So we're gonna move on to a pretty much one of our last stories of the uh, the. Uh, God, episode of the uh, the transcript thingy, whatever that is. Uh, the most anticipated hard rock and metal albums of 2017. Can't remember if this was from Metal Injection or Team Rock or wherever. It's not really important because as soon as you read about two articles of it, you basically go, oh, so all the bands that had really hit albums in the 90s that are releasing it in 2017, we're looking forward to them out of the most. So you missed all the classics like um, Hello, like Dragon Lord, and like Moore's Prince of the Mest and... You know, just pick your favorite band that you've fallen in love with the last five years. Yeah, it's not on the list.
1: Yeah, they even like mentioned Blink One Eight Two as like a, a hard rock album or whatever rock album I'm looking they forward are to. more so pop
0: punk than you know pop punk divas right now, literally. And, my, and your friends will tell you the guys who have following the Blink One Eight Two since the day they'll tell you, yeah, their albums have sucked. You know, and here we are talking about them because you know they were big then and they're gonna be big now, bringing the ad revenues. Hopefully, hopefully not. Maybe get to someone who deserves it. Mm. But um. There you go. You know, anyone, Daniel, off the top of your head, you're looking forward to
1: 2017 for the fans. Uh, easy answer, Dragonlord, because I really like that last album. Oh it was like fantastic, God. and yeah, and I was such big and now big on the Testament because of um, where Eric piecing it there. I just can't wait to hear what Dragonlord sounds like.
0: Yeah, so we're going to wait for that. We'll move on to our last uh, official news story for today. It's Black Sabbath keyboardist Jeff Nichols. He's died at 68 years old. Obviously, Black Sabbath, biggest rock metal. Doom, the innovators of doom metal. And since, since then, no one's been able to reach the dizzying heights that uh, the band had reached You know, back in the old old days. Uh, any fond memories of the, uh, the, the musician himself? Any albums that stick out to you?
1: Well, he was the main guy he was the guy on the heaven and hell album with uh, ronnie james Deere. so definitely a classic um black south album one which goes down probably for all eternity great song there called children of the Sea, which is probably my favorite song when anyone my favorite songs from black sabbath so yeah that's no, great it's always a shame when a musician dies especially i mean 68 is not that old died of lung cancer unfortunately so Got it. yeah so you know we sing our wishes and prayers to family and friends and just thanking him for a great album great time and great music
0: yeah, we're going to miss you, buddy. So, let's move on to our editorial. This week's editorial, we are talking about favorite band t-shirts of all time. We've gone to our fans, our friends, our loved ones, even my superhero brother, Dan, over here.
1: Yeah, I didn't fall into one of those, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, it's only been two years since we started the show Not even, so, you know, we'll see how we go in the third year. Uh, um, funny enough, though, we've got favorite shirts, right? But this single bit of news story came across when we saw a now a are making a t-shirt with well, a made a t-shirt and it's one of those changing color t-shirts
1: massive like 90s man like the hot shirts put your hands on them like whoa look yeah. my hand prints on my shirt yeah this
0: one is a picture of the face of a woman looking innocuous enough just kind of sitting there waiting for the bus and uh, as you add water or sweat or you know some sort of Excrement, you know, like guacamole.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it changes
0: color, and then it deforms the face into that she's being beaten, right? Mm. So uh, it's it just reminded us of other favorite shirts of ours that we've seen, right, Danny? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> Where are you going with this, man? I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure how the hell this um, uh, what is it called? This shirt. I'm not sure the demographic of who they're trying to sell to because. Uh. Um, this guy's obviously a troll, right? And he's that. That's a pretty high level troll. I'm talking like this is like level 99 shit. Like this is impressive in the sense, I guess. But I was like, who are they gonna sell it to? You know, um, uh, other people who just gotta make a problem, I guess. Marukonopinus, uh, for, for example.
1: Well, yeah, maybe maybe people just saying. I'm just trying to reflect that. You know, we all have hidden scars, and that in in the light of day, some of those scars come out. I don't know. Maybe these shirts sending a message. But you're right, this guy is full of controversy. Apparently, he did a bowling for Columbine shirt which is very tactless and another yeah. one as well. It so, said, yeah.
0: shoot first, ask questions last. Oh, that's classy. I yeah. love it. And ask your girlfriend what my penis tastes like. Wasn't that word, but you get the
1: hint. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: So we had to ask our fans, our friends, we're going to ask our loved ones uh, in a sec before we talk to Dan about our favorite T-shirt standing. Mm. So let's move to the Facebook wall with Super Brothers with Ben Saunders. Now he says, Painkiller, the uh, uh, Judas Priest, obviously the band, massive band. Now you can see that one, I think he's talking about the one with the guy riding the bike. Uh, that's an iconic image. Uh, it's just one of those ones that sticks with you. Very simple, but uh, very much like from a comic book of your favourite, so ghost Rider. It's very demonic. Um, what do you think, Danny, of the album? Oh, the, sorry, the t-shirt?
1: Yeah, it's good. Very dynamic, uh, very 80s. So, yep, takes what a box. Man, got a guy with a big motorbike. He just uh, signifies shoes Priest.
0: Yep. We've got Ryan Whittaker. He said the Architects shirt. It's kind of like the Lost Forever album. It's pretty much like one of those really trippy tattoos. Uh, we've got this girl in Adelaide called Eloise, and she does a lot of those, like mosaic, like, imagine like your favorite curtain, but like make it metal with black, and it's kind of like put on someone's arm, it's incredibly detailed, and it's very striking, and it's like, who has that time to do it, but this, you know, you've seen the album,
1: Danny, that, that front cover shirt, uh, what would you think of it? Yeah, again, yeah, very, um a bit, bit more simplistic, you know, got a big N in the middle, nice little bit of uh, decoration patterns around it, so... Again it's a bit, yeah a bit more simple but very effective.
0: Uh, Daniel Cedarblad the question that always has a changing answer it should. You know you always fall in love with different shirts yeah. it's like people. Mm. Um, you know uh, he loves he loves it he trashes it and then he retires shirts but uh, he likes his uh, Arsta shirt because they need to repping in more bigger bands I suppose. So, you know put over bigger bands but they got cool looking covers very Angular, you know, a lot of distorted lines, you know. You can tell the guy was really angry when he did it because kind of like smeared his like arm over it while he was like, you know, aggressively destroying the piece of paper. Um, yeah, but it's cool. You know, that's what you want to see. It's kind of like Nails, Danny, you know, your favorite band. Hey, 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 hey. Soon,
1: soon to release a full-length album.
0: Oh, Braden, your boy, Danny, he's come out with Megadeth, uh, the Rust in Peace 20th anniversary. I'm guessing this is like the uh, classic Rust in Peace, you know, cover with the guy. The alien you know the, guy with the skull yeah he's got the glasses kind of thing on and he's got like the nuke in front of him yeah yeah, yeah so i mean like apparently
1: that guy has a name he's actually a mascot i don't know what his name is but he's actually a proper mascot well, kind of looks like eddie but he's not
0: so we're gonna have to or, say he's no. betty okay it's Betty. not good enough betty, me. Betty, 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 betty. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it looks cool you know it's a cool it's a cool cover for, for an album I mean it's probably like one of the best thrash metal of albums ever written Ooh, that's oh like, that's a, controversy can of worms,
1: Brothers, can of worms.
0: yeah I wouldn't be wrong in saying it I mean like it's probably one of their best albums
1: that's like Hangar 19 stuff you leave it in there man
0: otherwise you just don't open that up uh, possibly I've heard too much Hangar 18 oh Hangar 18 I don't know enough man You're of that 19, stuff 18. oh my god yeah but he loves it you know find the flag for thrash metal and why wouldn't you thrash metal fans love flags as much as they love a good old
1: thrashing yes What's our, our, our shirt say, hey, Matt?
0: Mitch Ramsey, my Iron Maiden. Oh, ah man. Don't you have Iron enough maiden.
1: toilet paper? Like, no. <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh,
0: <laughs> I love you, Mitch. You're a your top bloke. Uh, live After Death Tour shirt. You know, the one, the blue one. You know, it's a guy coming out of the ground. I'm Eddie. guessing it's that one. Eddie. Eddie. Be- not Betty, is it? No, Eddie. Oh, do you- I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you, Mitch Ramsey. Uh, he had it for over a decade, full of holes and gigs. You know, I've actually seen so many T-shirts recycled and everything. I saw once, and this is gonna, you're gonna love this. I was at a concert, and this person had the front of his shirt and the back of his shirt, but they were not cut with scissors. It was torn away from the shirt, and it was connected by bobby pins. Wow! So it was kind of like a tank top, but connecting the front and the back with all these steel bobby Jeez. pins. I'm like, just imagine that getting either one. You know, like you had to put it through, and you had to like poke your skin, or like you know, I got pretty long arm hair. Actually, I got pretty long hair everywhere apart from on my head. So you could imagine, like, you know, the problems this guy's going through. I imagine oh, imagine if he goes, like,
1: in a pit or something and those probably caught on people and stuff. Oh, that could be
0: deadly, man. Yeah, it's pretty insane. But, you know, creative, because that's the thing, you want to recycle it. And the only thing, I mean, recycling is great. It saves Mother Earth. Not good for writing albums. You know, you don't want to recycle riffs. Uh, Theatre. Oh, oh, sorry. Hard to step Or albums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, we have a cold today. Damn Adelaide. Um, Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, going back to the shirt, but you must love that band, Danny. You know, that's a good shirt. Would you say it's the best Iron Maiden
1: album to wear as a shirt, though? Oh, uh, we can't say album because it's a live album, so I don't know if that counts. It all depends. People like the... um. Set. Oh, it doesn't count. so you saying Mitch Ramsey's shirt doesn't count? Great. Oh, I
0: agree. Iron, <laughs> Iron Maiden don't <laughs> <he> count. <can't. laughs> you heard metal, brother. The power Metal, Dan, over there. What do you really think?
1: Oh, yeah, now, now I'm stuck a bit. I say we are all good at things you do now a good shirt it's a brave new world is good cover because yep. that whole old cloud is the face in the cloud's great um people have a bit fond to power Slave. they might like that as a, as a cool cover um seventh sun and seventh sun is well childhood times
0: no it's not Child in time it's the one in time with the one that Eddie's somewhere like futuristic somewhere in, somewhere in time. time that's a cool looking light it's got the neon lights and stuff. That's
1: for everything apparently there's like twenty or so Easter eggs hidden in that uh book jacket slash cover yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. so there you
0: go. You can have a lot of talking points with your friends if you've worn that. So we've seen what our, our fans had to say about favorite T-shirts. Uh, Danny, what are some of those T-shirts? We've been to a lot of gigs. We've seen a lot of T-shirts. We've seen a lot of albums. we reviewed a lot of albums. What are some of the most iconic T-shirts that uh, bands should be selling or uh, that you've loved over the course of time?
1: Yeah, the most iconic shirt that I owned and I loved and I always wanted to own was the classic Deep Purple Machine Head one Mm. because that was the one pretty much the first shirt I ever saw growing up with people wearing Deep Purple was kind of my favorite band at the time as well and it was just a classic Machine Head that had smoke and water on it so I made sure I owned that shirt but most times I've got another Deep Purple shirt Battle Rage on that I love that I actually want to keep like make it still look new but the machine had I purposely bought and wore as much as I could, cause I wanted to age it, cause so I thought that is the way it needed to be worn. Yeah. Every time I saw a person with that shirt, it was worn and it was old, and so they got it when they got their vinyl back in like the '70s. So I thought, once I get that shirt, I got to wear the shirt out of it, so it gets old and ragged and looks like I've been listening to them since I was born, which is true.
0: But yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of like shoes. Like once you break them in, you really appreciate how comfortable it is, and same as the t-shirt, you know. And people get to see how much love and effort you you go to. And, uh, you know, you must be obviously happy with Deep Purple. They are headlining Hellfest right now. They've got a comeback. I think they've really announced their last tour and it's just resonated with
1: them, you know, so... Well, they just uh, released the information of a tour with Alice Cooper this year. So they might come back down to Australia, who knows. But I guess, Matt, you also would have a favorite band shirt. I've got
0: two to talk with and the first one's not even a band shirt and now makes me regret not asking the proper question which should have been merchandise. But, uh, you know... Live and die by the sword, eh, Danny? And this sword I'm going to talk about is a Opeth jumper. Back in the day, I was a massive, massive Opeth fan. I had to order there. The only place that would sell metal albums when I was uh, a, a bit younger, like basically when I was straight getting into metal, like 13, 14 years old, uh, I had to order it through the Muses. It was the only place that had metal records, apart from one other sword, which uh, it went, it went. Veranda. Uh, yeah, Veranda, which went bankrupt for selling. Uh, incredibly dodgy uh, bootlegs that were taken illegally and that were sold with black and white covers. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe when we went to the store and they were selling it. I'm like this is this is surreal. It's like being in your mate's house. You know when they're showing you all those illegal games they downloaded off YouTube. Um, sorry, off of um, not YouTube. Something else that's like cool. Alarm wire, or- yeah, wire. Yeah, LimeWire or something um but yeah so anyway my my dad knew how much i loved opeth you know i had all the albums. i had to pay 45 dollars for to get imported because the muses had to import them from some sort of swedish guy probably from the band themselves. and it took me all three months to wait for too. Nice. but yeah that's how much i loved opeth i had to pay 45 bucks each for cds which is you know 10 weeks ago concluding inflation that's like $800 right now oh mate it?
1: you could have bought yourself a house what yeah, happened
0: yeah exactly Opeth you're welcome there you go there's my house start uh, growling again <laughs> exactly if I'm paying $800 for your CD at least you could do is like you know
1: throw in a growl for me you know
0: just, like, you don't have to mean it just like like my girlfriend has sex with me she's just,
1: like oh there it is you're welcome <laughs> just close your eyes and let it come just, just do it
0: Um, you know that was I got this Opeth jump and literally all I had was Opeth in the front and the four guys in every corner uh, of the of the jumper in the back uh, with a uh, flower in the middle of it. Oh you yeah, know, like what well, all good death metal bands need to have, right? The only problem was this jumper I was g- given to me in the middle of our hottest summer in the last 20 years. So I wore it though because I was so proud to own it. Because like every metalhead, once you get it, you got to show everyone how much you love a band. But everyone was questioning me why I was so dehydrated in summer mm. and why I lost 20 kilos. And coming from a guy who looks like a guy from Ethiopia, like that's <laughs> um that's a problem. That's a but problem. you know, like I would wear it everywhere because. I was so proud to own my first official op um, um, jumper. But by the end of it, like 10 years later, this thing was longer than my uh, my mum's dress that she wore to her wedding. And uh, even more white. And which is funny because when I bought it, it was black. So um, there you go, right? Yes,
1: yeah, Australian but, summer.
0: Yeah. But that's that was one story. But the second one, though, and to this very day, I've never seen another band make a shirt so iconic and so satanic
1: that must be um the Iron Maiden soccer guernsey, football guernsey. Uh, is that the yeah. one? No. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. Again, toilet paper, Danny. No, um, <laughs> no, 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 This is
1: silky. It's a bit nicer. Yeah, iron. this
0: thing, as soon as I saw it online, I would have paid uh, my week's wage on it. I would have had to, honestly, when we went to, to Europe, I would have made it a stop to where this guy made the shirt and, and given him a handjob to, to to just it's sort of a handshake because, you know, it's what you do when you really like someone. Um, it's a
1: European thing, That's so okay.
0: Yeah. It's an old man's child shirt, right? But the thing about this shirt, it was never for one of the front covers or anything. It's just a really well-drawn shirt. In the it, on the left side is this like half-naked chick, right? And uh, she's kind of standing seductively, right? Just kind of like, you know, posing for Satan, you know, in a lingerie spread, which is quite lovely. On the other side of the shirt is a fully naked chick being impaled by one of these like satanic goat horn things, you know, like really brutal. Like, wow, shes they're both pretty cute, right? And right in the middle of it is this like skull and it's got this pentagram in the middle of it, you know, it's so foreboding, but so sexual, it does everything right, but the, the drawing, the lines and the color are just unbelievable it's, it's a fair reflection of how good the band is and how good this shirt is and um it's unfortunately so good that i don't want to wear it very often but when i do wear it i um ah, oh, heads heads turn in the room you know even if they don't i have to like get the shirt and, like shove it in their face like look at my shirt no no like look at it it's um oh uh, yeah so when I, I had to tell you guys like you got to buy this shirt you can't anymore because the band's you know broken up because Jimmy borgia have to like write three good riffs to an album now apparently that's their quota um yeah so you know what you've seen the shirt danny you can attest to it
1: actually i really can't remember it. Maybe, ah my god maybe damn it's not it, that good of a shirt i just keep looking at my eyes like melt and i'm like oh shit that style of the pain's coming back to my head so i'm not allowed to look at it the worst one i've ever
0: bought though was uh, the nevermore shirt i went to um their concert when they came to adelaide and i had gastro at the time so i was again using the th- i had to dehydrate myself so i wouldn't go to the toilet so what
1: you're saying is that the river dragon came to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and all the bacteria just got washed away through my anus
0: but yeah they literally came like with the most laziest merchandising ever and they can still buy it because i'm guessing people have it somewhere it was literally a black t-shirt never wanna look at the top and it has a red pentagram in the back with a skull on the top I honestly can't draw a crap and I would give it to my kid who probably won't be able to draw a crap because he'll catch my jeans and he could do a better design. It's literally like three items that you would have gotten from you know, Google and use Pro, pro Tools for five minutes and paste it on the top yeah, of each you, other. You should
1: like, type in, yeah, metal logos on Google and they the three images. What, what's What's the two most brutal things you can get on a metal shirt? Yeah. Um, a skull and a
0: pentagram. Uh, that's
1: does actually even fit like the Nevermore sound Doesn't or work. symbolism. It's just it's just off. So it's you know, off.
0: it's like, they're poly- most of the time they're political. So when I saw it, I'm like, it's a betrayal, but you know, it's not on the CD and I wasn't that offended and then they, you know, did the last album with the guy from Soilwork who ruined the band. And here we are, you know, we broke up the whole band. That's All how right.
1: average album was. Focus on, focus on T-shirts. T-shirts! t-shirts. All
0: right, T-shirts. Um, Yeah, so I've got, apart from that, you know, we've obviously gone to a lot of gigs, live gigs and live shows and bought a lot of them. But, you know, to this very day, uh, it's, it's one I hold true to my heart.
1: Yep. And the greatest thing about band T-shirts is that you can spot fellow metalheads. And that must be the greatest thing about band T-shirts and metal merchandise. Perfect. So you go to a party or you go walking down the street, or go to a gig, and someone has a band shirt that you love, straight away, you best of pals.
0: That's right, because all of a sudden, their favorite band shirt is your favorite band shirt.
1: Exactly. If they wear the same size as you, we're going to take them to the toilet and ask them where they bought that shirt, right. because the toilet's a bit quieter, so you can actually have yeah. a decent conversation. You find out where they bought it, and you buy one yourself. And you'd be, you mad, you'd be
0: happy, because you have to take your pants off and celebrate how happy you guys are with your T-shirts. You know, Maybe you want to do the footballers and swap them over. It's it's really, you know, I'm giving you ideas, guys. You don't have to actually, you know, use them, you know.
1: It's just, you know, bounce off them, you know. <laughs> bounce off them. of my pants back. Off
0: <laughs> I don't know how many people would like swap pants over when they're, or take their pants off when they're talking about t-shirts. But uh, maybe it's just me or maybe I think it's time that we move on to our final feature presentation of tonight. We are talking... BioWinds Immortals. I am not a Power Metal fan, guys. I'm going to be really honest with you. You know, you've been listening to the show now for anywhere from one day to three days, and you need to know about Super metal Brother Matt. But, Danny, what do you think about
1: Power Metal? I love don't it. Don't you enjoy <laughs> Joanna, right? Don't undermine my credibility in this project. No, I honestly don't know how people cannot like Power Metal to a degree. I understand sometimes. Some of the riffs can be a little too cheesy or some of the lyrics can be a little bit too cheesy and some of the songs can be a little bit too cheesy. I understand that, fine. But when it's on point and when it's like just awesome, it is absolutely brilliant and just puts a smile on your face and just makes you want to get on top of your car with a jousting stick and drive down your city square and that's what I feel like doing when I hear good power metal
0: yeah this is the thing when I listen to power metal it sounds like the sound that I make when I make fun of bands that make fun of power metal so it's like <laughs> yeah that's pretty good <laughs> write that down so uh, and I just can't ever take it too seriously um, but you know We aren't here to talk about, you know, nitpicking or in my case, like picking off cotton threads off a jumper when it comes to power metal. We are here to talk about Firewind. And we need to, in order to talk about Firewind, we need to go a bit of history about them first. So let's talk about Firewind. It's a Greek power metal band. It was formed in 1998. The Greek was signed by Century Media Records. And the reason why is because Guts G showed them a demo, which was called like Nocturnal Symphony in the 98. So they loved it. You know, they thought, get onto it. And uh, now we're up to the seventh uh, album. And uh, they've done quite well. We've seen them. We saw them at, at uh, Hellfest. No, Grass Pop. Grass Pop. We saw them at Grass Pop. We loved it. Did we, Danny?
1: Yeah, I did. I also saw them in Brisbane uh, four or five years ago. Mm. That was great as well. That's actually, I was there for like a end of year soccer trip. And I found out that Firewind were playing down in Brisbane. So I took the train down there, watched Firewind. They were great. Great show so you're getting
0: now the real respected dan i've seen him twice live owns maybe one or two albums of theirs so you're getting like a really seasoned veteran right now and you're also getting super metal brother matt so we're going to talk about this album in a five-stage project process riffs vocals diversity groove and production. Let's start off with the wrist Danny. I want you to talk to me why Gus G is one of the best or worst guitarists in the pound middle or even mediocre. I don't really care. But just give me an idea of what we're looking at.
1: Well, for me, they, he's very good at writing catchy and very strong melodic uh, choruses. All these choruses in this album, I just want to put loud and I just want to sing along. I just want to bob my no, head. No, we're to it.
0: talking about the guitarist. All right, we, we 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 can give you know the blowjob of succulents to the singer in a sec. What do we oh, think about? No, I was about... gonna I really oh, think that oh.
1: I do enjoy the catchiness and the. You may call them cheesy. You may call them like standard <laughs> like 80s like <laughs> songs. I don't give a shot. I really enjoy it. it. Put a smile on my face. These, these riffs put a smile on my face. Some of the verses, I would agree. Can be a bit repetitive or can be a bit like yeah standard like eighties or nineties power, metal. I understand that. The um the ballads, again, the ballads, the verse of the ballads, they're not that strong. Even though they try to turn it down be a bit melodic. It's what, not two that strong. two ballads you'd say with the wrist? Yeah, wrists? it's two power ballads.
0: There's like uh, what, track five ish, it's got that yeah, intro and seven. and seven. But most of the time, uh it's not. Now here's can I can I talk about hey. now? You're looking at twofold with Josh G. Right. You've got a guy who writes, yeah, riffs that are like, eh, you know, it's like a, you've heard it on every power metal album on another band beforehand, or even like kind of that uh, glam, some of that kind of stuff. You know, it does what it does. Even like the the pop power metal ballad, not ballad, the the pop metal through the 80s. You know, the guys that yeah, um, Dio's, Van Halens, you know, the Malmsteens and that kind of stuff. You know, we're doing as well. And then you've got like your wrists that belong on the final level boss on Fire Shark or 1943. You know, like, yeah, you, you're you going to sink your college fund into this arcade cabinet, but by God, you're going to love every second doing it because you feel like you can conquer the world. And as you get shot down by those bullets that cover, you know, 48 fifths of the screen, um, you don't care because it's so badass that you, you got to do anything you can to beat the final demon. Yep. Bomber. Exactly. Whatever.
1: Not just like video games, also like 80s montage, like, action movies. They, those, some yeah. of those riffs go straight into like an Ace Adam. You, you, you see like Slice Alone walking down the beach or like Van Damme thinking about one of his brothers who got his leg broken and thinking, how can I get back at yeah. the sky. You
0: literally you have Van Damme screaming at a tree for getting his mate's shin broken and he'll just be like, you'll, be, you'll buy into it. Literally, you want to see that tree get demolished in the final act of Kickboxer 17. It's that good. And let's talk about those guitar solos for a sec because they're just offensive. Like, they are so clean and so precise. I... I got so triggered. I thought oh, I attended a university at uh, in the United States. Like honestly, I could not understand how he can do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's is a reason why he is like wanted by everybody to be in his band? You know, he's like that guy, that really popular quarterback. Like everyone wants him on his team, mm. but only one can have him, and it's Firewind, eh?
1: Yeah, he's done a bit of work with Ozzy, etc. But yeah, I mean, right, solos are fantastic. Apparently, though, you know, I found the drumming map. Yeah, but we're not to grooves yet, or are we? Let's talk grooves. Uh, okay, we'll grooves one.
0: Yeah, um, we want to talk about grooves now because um, mostly because Danny put me on the spot, but <sighs> secondly because I wanted to talk to her, and God damn it, I'm not going to be talked to to do with anyone, not even myself. So let's do vocals. The vocals are very okay. strong. They're pretty much like um, they're kind of like awesome, aren't they, Danny? Really. Yeah, he's a great <laughs> singer.
1: I mean like he just the power and the range this guy has and the control in his voice is is amazing. It's it's like the Russell Allen, Jorn Lander like level of of singing. This guy here makes you he makes people who like like me he doesn't enjoy power metal vocals like the very like weak falsetto uh, stuff. This guy doesn't have that falsetto. He literally just has power. I mean there's literally one or two times he goes in that falsetto no, I think just to add a bit of dynamics to it. But yeah. most of it is just power and great range, great control.
0: You get that straight away from Hands of Times. Like as soon as he goes for it in that chorus, which is going to be stuck with you for weeks, like you're going to be waking up at the night and it's going to be in your head and you're going to be loving it or loathing it. Um, it's just incredibly um, powerful. But then he does stuff like the ending of that song. I think it's like, um, oh, I'm going to find it out for you because it's like he hits it and you're just like, Whoa. Um, is it like track four? No, I know. I know. Back track to the throne. Again, it's pretty much reminiscent of Dio. Like songs like "We Rock," "Faces in the Window." You know, it's very, very good for that kind of stuff as well.
1: Yeah, track six. It has a big false set ending. Yeah, that that, one.
0: that's the one, Danny. You got me. Yeah, there it is. I wrote it there. It's pretty badass chorus, I guess, as well. But um, that's not what you get with him. It's it's as close as I can get to really enjoying a power metal experience with the vocalist because it's. You know, it's quite strong in that. It does go quite a hell for leather most of the time. Um, yeah, it's this is where it kind of unravels to me to a degree because, again, for power metal vocals for me, the subject matter, for one, it's it, it makes me smile and laugh at it and not with it, I guess. I don't know if the point, is not really that important, but by the end of it, it, it does get a little bit too much. The sound is, uh, in my ear, it just kind of hits it and hits a nerve and it's kind of like, nah, you're done with it, man, like, you know. But like that girl you dated in third grade, it's like, no, nah, you don't want any more free cakes. I like, just, just let it go.
1: Yeah, it's too sweet, you reckon?
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, it is. It's very romantic. Like, he's very stylish. And sometimes guy G compliments that romantic kind of style. Um And it kind of, yeah. I don't, I don't do love. I don't do feelings, unfortunately. Uh, actually,
1: it'd be interesting to find out where this guy came from cause I just quickly looked on his Facebook page and built his Wikipedia page. He doesn't have a Wikipedia page anymore. But it looks like this is kind of his first real band. He's, he's a vocal coach, et cetera. But I don't really mm. think he was in anything before this. So he might have just been a found guy. Maybe he entered a competition. I don't I really know. But. but what he's good
0: at, I mean, those harmonizing. It's like you can pick a track and you hear this chorus where he harmonizes and stuff. Um, the general singing. And his diversity was vocal lines. You yeah. know, when he takes on Ladies of a Thousand Sorrows to um, something more heavy, you know, like We Defy or something. You can tell that he's versatile and he can adapt it into the point that I was like, wow, is that the same guy? So he's got he's got you know tricks up his sleeve as well. Um, do you think he's at a high enough level, like guys for example? Um, uh, we're talking about Char Wars of the Damned, Ripper Owens style uh, level, or is he just a different guy?
1: Oh, yeah, it's hard. Um, I think he actually he seems to have better power at these higher registers than uh, Ripper Owens. But Ripper Owens has been more tricks up his sleeve. Oh yeah. He so does. it's a bit different. It's yep. a bit different like, yeah.
0: So, enjoyable, would you say the uh, singing is overall?
1: Oh, as a vocalist, I, I rate this guy quite highly. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And the problem is that because I enjoyed him so much, I really didn't focus that much on riffs and drumming because I just kept going back to his great vocals. Well, so I am I true. am
0: the riff guy and Daniel definitely is the vocal guy. And i got to be honest, that's where for me, I, I knew that's where the vocals are the strongest and the riffs sometimes really paid second fiddle to it. Which moves on to our next problem, which is the groove, which paid third fiddle to the guitar. <laughs> and do you start to see the problem we're having here when it comes to power metal bands? mean, anyway, um, unfortunately, the drummer does a, an adequate job. You know, he provides a very good uh, technique, I guess, and stuff. But it lacks a little bit of personality. It's by the numbers, does what the song needs, a little bit sometimes what the riff does. But uh, at least sometimes you got the solos to like show you how exciting the songs can be. Um, drumming-wise, it's kind of like, what do you think? Just,
1: okay? Yeah, you're right. Apart from, like, one of the tracks gets, like, really thrashy, uh, most of the drumming is, yeah, yeah, pretty much, like, just fast rock beats or standard rock beats. There's one cool song where they do the, um, cymbal crashes on the offbeats. That's always a good thing to do. But, yeah, groove, there was much groove because of it. I rather call it, like, catchy. So, you can replace the groove, Evans, of making it catchy. So, I think the chorus is nice, catchy, giving that nice, uplifting, power metal feel. Uh, that's pretty much what we're going to hear from Groove. Yeah. It's like when I hear a good
0: storyteller like when on the drums, when it comes like, to a Dirk Verbulen, for example, or when we talk about some of those guys who plays for like death, his name any drummer that played for death, like you know, Sean Raynard or Gene Hogan Gino's or something like that. You know, no matter what they do, they give you a little bit of spice and something extra nice and that gives you a, a chance for the drummer or something or sorry, the guitarist or other band members to, to then follow that lead. And uh, I don't. I kind of get this feeling that the guitarist is pressing down the drummer and the singer is pressing down the guitarist to a degree. But then again, maybe it's just Gus G being Gus G and just being an overall nice guy and giving people who are a decent level to, to express themselves. But um, yeah, I was just like, you know, you got some really exciting tracks. I, I agree that probably the first five tracks are very exciting, but by Warriors and Saints and Rise of the Ashes, it feels like by the numbers. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you got that uh, mid groovy kind of We Defy stuff and Ode to Leonis. Um, you know, kind of proggy and stuff, but, you know, more traditional power metal into a sense. Um, yeah, it's just, um, this is where the album kind of falls short to me, and that's kind of the thing with power metal in general. I find the drummers in it just generally do what needs to be done. Guitarists get a chance to stand out, and the vocals are just like, yeah, you know, there they are. You know, it's like washes over yeah. you like a cool ocean breeze or like a tidal wave.
1: But that's it. Power, I mean, Power Metal is all about just the fast-paced, higher part of the scale. So, drumming, unfortunately, doesn't give you that sound that Power Metal is. Yeah. So, unfortunately, that's why I come second.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you're going to hear me, right? Like, Matt, you're a super metal douchebag because, you know, you don't like Power Metal and how can you not like it? Like Daniel said to me many times, or you you might be like me. It's like, yeah, Power Metal is like... You know, dragons. Oh my God! You're like in your forties, dude. Like, it doesn't exist, man. Come on, like Jesus. Um, it's cool, but let's we can move on to diversity now because you know whether you like it or not, these are good musicians. But overall, do they kind of combine these songs to be an enjoyable experience? Danny, uh,
1: again, I would say yes, but I do agree with your point that sometimes they can be a bit repetitive. It can be because sometimes there's too much which happens in the songs, and you just like saying, like, let something breathe, so I can actually can clarifier between like riffs or songs but that's my production issue uh diversity yeah there's enough going on in this album to make it different like you have your two standard power ballads there's pretty much like an 80s thrash song in there as well which is quite good there's a little instrumental in there as well which is a bit more heavier than most of the album which again breaks it up again so they do use um different styles and different tempos to help me out i mean of course most of it is just like like fast verses into like faster choruses like that, that standard like just energy and just keep going with the, the song. So that's kind of a, a standard theme throughout it, which I you guess you would expect. So look, uh, there is a, there is a bit happening with these songs, which um, I'll say it's for Metal albums, yeah, it's diverse. Uh,
0: yeah, I would say definitely there is a bit of diversity, but I find it really strange. Like with the Lady of a Thousand Sorrows, like straight away you hear the guitar tone and it's unlike anything off the album. It's very strange and it caught me off guard almost to the point that it really did sound like... Uh, Lady of a Thousand Poison Ripoffs or like Motley Crue. It really did catch me off guard. Like this is a power metal. This isn't a power metal song. This is a glam metal song. Like I really kind of thought they were going to talk about girls, girls, girls or like, you know, doing hooker off drugs and girls and get... Anyway, look, with the point is that the song like that, when they break it up, it was a bit strange. And what about the song uh, Immortals? Like basically they had this really awesome heavy riff they couldn't put into another song. So they're yeah. like, let's make it into a song.
1: Like, yeah, yeah
0: I'm seeing through that dude, Nothing happened. You know, all it did was set up track uh, nine, but again, yeah.
1: Was, oh yeah, because the end of eight bleeds into nine, but
0: but there was no reason for eight to uh, exist. It's one minute. You complain to me oh no, it with Stuart Dongs. This is a minute fifty-seven. Yeah, it was oh, instrumental. Like, I it's ah okay, all right, we, we're going to do this. Are we like? there well, well, it was songs. one awesome riff. <laughs> yeah. that they dismissed dismiss in twenty seconds. <laughs> oh, Fire was the best metal band. I love fire metal. Come on, man. Really?
1: No, you're right. Oh <laughs> like the, the, the song, so I said the song itself it has that really heavy riff doesn't doesn't seem to fit to the rest of the album. I, I it's said, awesome. Said it just before, man,
0: okay Just do it for another twenty minutes, and you got the best album. Like, I I don't get it, man. Like, I was it caught me off guard because then when I heard track nine, and then when i went to track ten, yeah, I was a little bit like, ah, oh, man, that's the you, and that's probably what's guilty for the album for me. I love the first four tracks, man, and after that, I just get that you know that button in you where it's kind of like, okay, you're switching off mentally. You're not you're not thinking about it anymore. Um, you're not having a good time. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. You know, that's the diversity. Like when it it is different in times, but most of the time it's a mid to fast power metal. Evoke those emotions of fighting your boss or a dragon, whatever. No one of the same really. Um but uh yeah, if you're not into it and that kind of
1: stuff, then I guess it's a bit tricky, but uh, yeah. Diversity. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So about the L production. Yeah?
0: yeah, production. Um, Quite solid. Actually, this album sounds really heavy. Like, um, I would probably get some more power metal if it was this kind of, like, ballsy. I find it. I know. I kind of feel like the double kicks when they're there and the guitar tone is, like, mm, meaty. And, you know, you got the, the, the singing from the vocalist, which is kind of like a Hallmark card written from The Incredible Hulk. It's, like, very, you know, sensitive but very balls-ripping good. So... I don't know how to feel. I'm very mixed with this album, Danny. Like, I don't love Metal now from listening to it with this production, but I'm getting closer to enjoying it. Oh, that's not bad. That's, you know? uh, that's a little
1: positive there. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: It's, will I listen to it again? I've got to be honest. There were a couple of times. If I want, actually, we should do this go play some of that Sega Mega Drive emulator. And um, if I was playing, yeah, those fighting, yeah, those over the head shooting games, oh, yeah. Like, I wouldn't listen to anything else because it's perfect. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's a mood. It's a mood album for me. It's not an album I'm going to return to to uh, show my friends unless they're into power metal or um, get into just to kind of get excited about life. But um, yeah, uh, there you go. Maybe power metal has a, as a home for me now, Danny.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Going. My thoughts on the production was the uh, again it sounded great. At times, I did think you did have that wall of noise effect because you have like in the choruses you have. Your synth's playing, which is just the whole of the notes. Your guitars are fast, drums are fast, and they layer the vocals. So You just have all of this noise coming out. Yeah, and sometimes you're like, all right, just settle down a bit. I just want to hear things a bit clearer. Um, apart from that, the uh, again, using synths at times was nice. They had a the rain effects to like give you a bit of enhancing of the songs. Again, the different guitar tones were there to help you um, break up the songs. The singer tone was different at times as well. So they, they try to do enough to help the album um, just stand out slightly I mean they do the classic things with production like you always have a your ballad and always after your ballad it's always like the heavy song so yeah. after track 7 was about like to into that really heavy um, track 8 yeah. instrumental so it's always those standard things which people do which is nice and they do the um little the first song has a little bit of intro to start it off so it's always standard things I can see
0: this band being very accessible and when we saw them at uh, Grass Pop they probably weren't the most popular band there they had it quite an early time but uh, the fans did like them did like them um, and I have a feeling because the guys who grew up they're probably guys who grew up listening to, you know, Randy Rhodes, um, you know, Dio, Bouncy, all those kind of guys like that. And um, you can tell I remember like a throwback, even like the glam metal from the Poison era, you know, there's a touch of that uh, style to them, you know, and it works, you know, it's a good good combination to mix. And I think that'll be accessible for people who like power metal and glam metal to get into. But even the vocalist is very flamboyant and it's very theatrical and operatic, I guess, you know, it's uh, very attention grabbing, so yeah overall i'm just kind of like um great musicians uh decent album um so uh in the production yeah it was uh when it all come together yeah it's probably a bit like the like, I said, the little, like a wall comes at you in noise but uh i'll always thank him for back to the throne and everyone else will thank him for the chorus fans of time i guess
1: yeah and actually uh track two is probably my favorite um, the, the fire. we defy yeah riff, really man. cool because yeah because um, yeah, again the chorus like has the um, this, it slows down and then like hits you hard and slows down, hits you hard, top thing. So that's actually quite a cool album song as well. So a couple good cool songs and even even though Matt won't admit it or has his reservations about it, the instrumental was a good instrumental.
0: Oh, <laughs> the riff was an awesome. Yeah, hey, that's enough for me. They, they they didn't stand up long enough to me to want to you know um, abandon my sexuality. Um, it was, but mm. it was definitely an interesting experience to to hear such a fat riff after such a. Gl- glammy, proggy, uh, acoustic-y number. It was very... It was exactly how I love to do music. I love to throw these cables at people when they're listening to it. And uh, I love bands when they do it to me. I mm. love to be grabbed by the hearts and um, tingled by the balls to uh, to an album. Um, it's not going to be... This isn't the album that uh, gets me onto the power metal bandwagon. Uh, get me a little closer to it, maybe. Um, we'll, we'll Time will tell. Uh, but thank you for some of those good songs, man. Yeah. And uh, that will make... Uh, I listen to eventually I think when I get to, some time to myself um, yeah it's a it's a good album Denny
1: yeah I, I, I enjoy it as well man I think that you're right there's there's a lot of strong things about this album that a lot of people can enjoy and you, you're right it can be taxing after time because it's just always at going at you so I do agree with coming it's kind of like a
0: death metal you know, it does the same sort of thing um, yeah. but if, again if you, that's the sound you like then this is going to be more of it mm. uh, the style of riffs and the um, vocal range and stuff like that is definitely something for my ear that just hears and goes, I don't know. Um, plus, with a drummer, that definitely sticks to the rules. Uh, it's all very good and safe, but uh, not exciting enough for me, uh, but I can attest that some of these songs are good. So, uh, hopefully, when they come here, when they redo a festival of some kind, uh, they'll play those
1: songs, and it'll be good. Excellent. And if not, you want to hear some other power metal and come down to the Churches of Steel this Saturday at the uh, Producers Bar on, I think it's Perry Street, is yeah, it? Yeah, come have, have a beer with Grand Super Metal
0: Brother Dan. He'll be there in full I'll glory. He's going to be there shaking hands and uh,
1: I'll be there. I'll singing
0: be there. really Sorry. bad 80s songs. Know, um, but uh, yeah, again, you know, thanks guys for listening today. It was a lot of fun reviewing uh, Firewind Immortals. Uh, hope you guys have got a chance to listen to it if you're a Power Metal fan. Um, we've got a couple of albums obviously coming in the next couple of weeks which we're really looking forward to The Suicide Silence with the singer with singing in it sorry the uh, Morse Prince of Est album which is oh my god it's going to be so great and uh, who knows when this Dragon World album comes out
1: indeed well it's been a fun episode Danny I hope you had fun I have I hope you had a lot of power fun Matthew
0: I had uh, it's pretty too many dragons for my day but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, definitely relaxing watching a bit of Netflix maybe a bit of TV and uh, thinking about next week's episode. But until next week, I'm Super Mario Brother Dan.
1: Are you sure? <laughs> I thought I'm Super Brother Dan. Damn it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm with Super Mario Brother Dan. I'm Super Mario Brother Matt. And I'm Super Brother Dan. And just remember, through all this chaos and confusion, I want you to hear a song from Danny. Take us
1: out the song. Um, wait, now you've been on a spot. wait, wait. I know, especially this song here goes. We will never know the future. We will only oh, know I'm the past. Born. All right, guys. <laughs> catch you next week. See up!